Hi Smooches! On this episode, we get something Meg and I have been begging for. A monster romance where a heroine is the monster. Our horror hoe Deanna is back to recap the 2014 movie Spring, starring Nadia Hilker and Lou Taylor Pucci. I've read full spoilers before watching this movie because that's the only way I can engage with horror movies, and it didn't lessen my enjoyment at all. But if you'd prefer to go in spoiler-free, pause this, stream the movie on Hulu, and come back. Also, if you've been listening to us for a while, you might notice that my sound is different in this episode. My microphone was throwing a temper tantrum and I had to use the internal speakers. So while it's not super noticeable, you might hear a little bit of muffling at some points in the audio. Hi, Meg. Hi, Liz. We are here with our horror correspondent, Deanna. Hi, Deanna. Hi, guys. How's it going? It's going good. No, it's actually not. I have a head injury. We've had, like, numerous audio issues this morning. Well, I... Full disclosure, I have a hangover. Cool. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> just hey, want to point you? out that if you say horror correspondent really fast. <laughs> Meg, you look like you are in, is it Nancy Myers who does the movies with the kitchen renovations? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in my like Diane Keaton something's gotta give era. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Deanna, for the first time ever, you have brought us an actual romance. Yeah. <laughs> With a a side of horror. But it, it's a it's a fairly light horror, I think. There was one jump scare. Mm-hmm. And it was all body horror, and some of it was scary or like gruesome, and some of it was just funny. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. This movie has, it's more rom-com to me than it is horror. So we're recapping Spring, which is a 2014 movie starring Nadia Hilker and I know the dude's last name is Poochie. You're doing better than me. (laughs) Okay, Lou Taylor Poochie and Nadia Hilker. Starring Nadia Hilker and some guy. Nadia Hilker and some guy. (laughs) I know Nadia Hilker from her role in The Hundred. Deanna, how did you find out about this movie? Because it seems Uh, like it's pretty underrated. It is. Uh, The creators of this film have done some other horror adjacent films. Like, I I believe that they're responsible for The Endless, which is... Hmm. I considered putting that on the possibilities list for this year, but I, I thought you would enjoy this one more. Okay. Um, yeah, there it's a, an independent filmmaker. The Endless is about two brothers who are returning to the commune slash cult that they grew up in just to, you know, check it and make sure no one's what's what's the haps at the cult yeah <laughs> the home base How's it going, guys <laughs> but it's uh it's a very interesting like sci-fi horror it's a good time a lot of time warp business in that movie so i just i wanted to see more by these 
these film filmmakers. Mm. And I like it. Deanna had sent us a list with a short synopsis of a bunch of different options. <laughs> and so we're kind of just going in based on that. I, Liz, I think you might have looked up trailers. I was just going off of the information that Deanna shared. And that's faith. So yeah, and faith. So I like didn't really didn't know what to expect from this. So I was a little surprised when it seemed so indie, mm-hmm. and it seemed like a little low budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so immediately I was like, oh, I don't know how this is gonna go. And then I was blown away. Yay! I love this movie. I thought that the the writing was clever. I thought the mm-hmm. the acting was remarkably well done given the mm-hmm. content of the movie. And so then I looked it up afterward and it's got an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like pretty high. And mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro has praised the film saying that it's one of the best horror films of this decade and said that it was the only Lovecraftian film that he like really respected. And yeah. I fucking love Guillermo del Toro. So that's mm-hmm. high praise for me. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to bring you all trash. <laughs> so, is, so does Lovecraftian in this sense refer to anything that's a creature feature? Uh, it's not, not always creature features, but it tends to be uh, like Cthulhu is love a Lovecraft creation her transformation that she's undergoing into becoming this creature that is very lovecraftian okay i can tell you what wikipedia says oh yeah yeah, let's hear it (laughs) sometimes used interchangeably with cosmic horror Mm -hmm. it's a subgenre of horror fiction and weird fiction that emphasizes the horror of the unknowable and incomprehensible more so than gore or other elements of shock Mm-hmm. Oh, so themes of cosmic dread forbidden and dangerous knowledge madness non-human influences etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah okay. scientific I- discovery being part of it and i think that really seems to weigh in this movie mm-hmm. yeah there's there have been quite a few lovecraft type movies that have come out in the last few years there that are completely different there there was one with Kristen stewart called uh underwater I believe. And it was, you know, something at the bottom of the ocean. And then there's there's another film called Color Out of Space, which is Nicolas Cage. And it's, he, the more bonkers, the better for him. <laughs> Love bonkers Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And that's, that's more of a, not quite an alien invasion, but in that not not an alien not not an alien invasion just not what you expect in an alien invasion so uh two side notes um have you seen the unbearable weight of massive talent no i'm really curious about it it's incredible i I did so much watch his recent movie pig yeah it's a nick cage one um and i wouldn't say it's like it's not comedic and it's not really surreal, but it is very much like an adventure and, mm-hmm. um, but like deeply sad <laughs> at the same time. He was great in it. 
I think he's like a real bonkers person in real life mm-hmm. and he has like a troubling yeah. romantic history for me. So I'm like really not really sure much about him personally. Neither do I. Um, I know he's a Coppola. In his latter his years, he keeps dating significantly younger a- yeah. Asian women. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And uh either is imminently going to have a baby with one or has recently had a baby with one. Like so I saw he, pictures of her pregnant. He's doing he's doing hmm. a Nick Cannon. Sure, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's <laughs> it seems a little I don't know, like Lolita-ish to me. I don't like that. Okay. So <laughs> Nick Cage questionable as a person. Uh <laughs> the other side note would melancholia be lovecraftian because it deals with like cosmic unknowable dread um i i wouldn't think of it that way it it tends to be more what comes from the cosmos or there there usually is some kind of a creature component to it wikipedia calls it an apocalyptic drama art film Okay. <laughs> Just as many like descriptors as you can have. So we're gonna get into the recap. I want to run through the list of suggestions that you had had so you all know what we vetoed if you uh, are interested in going back to these. Annihilation, which you always recommend. Um you're gonna love it when I make you watch it. <laughs> uh spring, which is what we decided on. Rosemary's Baby, which Meg was not about. She's also going to love it. I do not do anything with demonic content. (laughs) My religious trauma jumps out. (laughs) Gerald's Game, which is about a husband and wife who go away for the weekend. They do some light role play and he has a heart attack while she's handcuffed. Uh, Eric Eric thinks that you mentioned this one before. Does she glove she does <laughs> that is that is how she gets loose that's it's so much worse than chopping dramatic. your hand off yeah <laughs> i can't watch that scene okay uh and after midnight which was the other one that i watched the trailer for and that one is a couple that is on the verge of breaking up or moving to the next level and he's trying to get her on the phone. She's left and there's a creature outside of his house and no one believes him about the creature that's stalking him. Yeah. It has a similar rom-com kind of vibe. Hmm. More so on the comedy. There's a lot of uh, comedic actors in it with um, a creature yeah. <laughs> that no one is taking him seriously about. So, Spring. The setup is... The guy is taking care of his mother who is dying from cancer. We don't have to watch her suffer and struggle for long because within the first three minutes of the movie, maybe, she has died. Next scene is after the funeral. He's drinking with his buddy Tommy at the bar that he is a cook at. Yeah, he works there. Yeah. And there is some agro california douche who comes and starts trouble with him and since he's had this really bad day and he's just been kind of holding things in he starts wailing on the guy and collects four of his teeth runs out is 
drinking straight from a bottle now with his bloody hand and his boss comes out with a bag of ice and is like, I'm not saying you're fired. I'm not saying you're fired. But my boss says you no longer work here. <laughs> 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 but I'll get you back. Um, <laughs> to be fair, the guy, he saw the douche reaching for a bottle to uh-huh. like hit his friend yeah. in the head. So it was like not just like an out of nowhere mm-hmm. violent True. reaction. Right. So he and Tommy go back to his place and the dude had followed them and he's thinking, okay, so first they're going to call the cops and then they're going to come back with baseball bats because they know where I live. So this isn't good. Mm -hmm. His friend Tommy suggests that he call a girl up for a pity fuck. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Next thing you know, he calls a girl for a pity (laughs) fuck. And the next scene, he's in bed with a girl. Yeah, and she's like, (laughs) actually, like, quite pitiful. And she's trying to ask him how he feels about her. And it's like, not the time. Nope. (laughs) They're not on the same page. Like, she knows why she's there. But she's also like, it sounds like there's enough history between them that she wants some kind of clarity from this when he is very unclear right now yeah. on everything yeah. uh, i so- also want to point out the like very bad ethics of like wow these guys are probably going to come back and fucking beat the shit out of me <laughs> with baseball bats so let's have an un- unknowing woman involved yeah so she can either be part of the violence or at least pay witness to it that's horrible that's true so yeah, i don't know if there's a lot of clear thinking on evan's part yeah evan yeah there we go and tommy seems like just a genuine fuck up Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes so evan and this girl just go to sleep the next day she's gone and police are knocking at his door and he is thinking i need to get out of here because i'm about to catch a charge and i don't have a job so he uses his inheritance and this is a product of 2014 i guess because he just calls and says yeah the flight somewhere and he starts listing places and the person on the other set end is like well white people love italy <laughs> <laughs> and his his parents had planned on going to italy on a family trip because he lost his dad not long mm-hmm. before he lost his mom mm-hmm. uh, so he decides he's gonna go to italy it feels a little bit faded So he just, on the way to the airport, decides where he's going to go, ends up in Italy, meets these two English guys. Who are fucking hilarious. I love them. I was like, when they left, I was like, I'm going to miss them. Yeah, me too. They immediately (laughs) adopt him and they start pub crawling. They get a hostel together and one of the outdoor bars that they're at he sees this beautiful woman at the bar and he says that he's going to go and get them their next round and he approaches her and he had seen her earlier in the square so he leads with that like we we saw each other we made eyes on the square and i just i want i think you're the most attractive person i've ever seen and i would love to take you out for dinner and she's like 
do you want to go home with me? And he's like, no, I want to take you out. And she's like, but you could just come to my place right now. And that's when he starts behaving the way that I would. Yeah, some red flags. Are you you a murderer? (laughs) Are you, you, uh, is your pimp going to beat me up kind of thing? (laughs) Um, You know, mildly offensive, but he's trying to be nice. He's like, I I need to make sure that you're like the kind of crazy I can handle. Yeah. (laughs) And, And she fucks off and his friends are laughing at him because they've been watching and listening to this whole thing. And then the next day he's all hung over in his cot and his two friends are like, hey, we're going to Amsterdam because this place is too expensive. You want to come? And he has like, Deanna, if someone asked you right now today, like when you woke up hungover, <laughs> you want to go to not Amsterdam because Italy to Amsterdam is different from Cincinnati yeah someone told you you want to go to Cincinnati right now pack up your shit Cincinnati as you wake up with your eyes like vacuumed into your skull what would you say Uh, no thank you yeah (laughs) so he's like yeah no thank you so this is the end of the line and it's kind of sad you can tell that everyone's fine sad because they were having a great time and they were on the car ride and he's like you're lucky you hooked up with me because not all guys will talk about their feelings this way and he's like (laughs) said a bunch of really like douchey shit it's so fucking funny yeah (laughs) he was talking about his ex his first love first kiss first everything and how she left him for a DJ in Ibiza and then years later he saw her in a grocery grocery store store. in their hometown and he said that she looked like shit and he just fucking loved it and I couldn't tell if he was saying that he loved that she was no longer attractive to him or if he was attracted to her looking kind of (laughs) rough I thought that was open to interpretation (laughs) so then uh he sees this beautiful woman again while he's walk oh first he he's like i'm gonna stick around here so i need a place to live because i'm not gonna stay in this hostel and i need employment so he strolls up to an olive farm i wouldn't be able to pick up go to a country without planning and then like find employment there and he doesn't know the language at all so Mm -hmm. All of this is my nightmare. This is the horror <laughs> to me. Yeah. What about the fact that he's he fled the country to escape a charge? Yeah, because what is he going to do when he goes back? Yeah. Inevitably, he's going to have to. Yeah. So he gets a job as an olive farmer, has no experience as a farmer, but the guy is like, that's fine. Angelo's kind of like a Yoda- Mm-hmm. in this movie <sighs> yeah. the dispensing sage advice him. and yes. being like gruff and somewhat unintelligible yeah yes he, i enjoyed their relationship a lot yeah. he gives him wine <laughs> he teaches him about root rot and mm. italian women 
And he had a wife who died in a car accident. The photo that he has of her is quite old. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure if she died recently and he has an old photo or if she died very young and he's yeah. just been learning her this whole time. Either is very sad. Yeah. Yeah. So once he has secured a place to live in employment, he sees the woman again and he catches up to her. She is named Louise, we find out. And they go on a really cute date. Remind me what they do on their first date because they're all kind of blurring together for me. They go and drink wine, don't they? I think so. They get And a then they dine and dash. Do they? I thought that she paid that time. I know she pays later. Maybe so. they did pay the first time. But at some point they do dine and dash. Okay. So at some like, point do that. This is a small dash. town. <laughs> they dine and dash and um Oh, they also go to a museum. And this is yes. a yeah. Because in that museum, they're looking at so she says that she's a genetic scientist. Mm -hmm. And she talks a bit about the research that she's doing and how a homogenous population is good for isolating genes. And they look at this mosaic. Yeah. I'm trying oh. to be the only one. Um <laughs> <laughs> they look at a mosaic. And um, the the woman pictured in it, I think her tits are out. <laughs> I can't be totally sure. Um, and she has one green eye, one mm -hmm. brown eye, or what? Mm -hmm. And um, they're you know they're just they're doing their little banter, and she's like, oh yeah. So what do you think of what do you think of this woman? And he's like, she's hot. <laughs> he's like, oh really? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Um, and I don't think there's like really more discussion about it at that time. Um, but we see a few other pieces in the same museum of women with one green eye, one brown eye. Mm -hmm. And I guess after that, and then the wine drinking is when they go and get busy. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick before I forget, I wonder if V.E. Schwab saw this movie before she wrote The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue because there are definite parallels with an immortal woman whose defining feature is portrayed through art over centuries. Hmm. I don't know this book. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it's about a woman who, it's like peasant feudal times. <laughs> French countryside and she doesn't want to get married off and she runs into the woods and she makes a deal with a pagan god that she doesn't totally understand as these Faustian bargains tend to be mm -hmm. that she wants to be immortal she doesn't want to like live her whole life in this small town but mm -hmm. turns out that people will forget her immediately if, so like if she's in a room with someone and one of them gets up to go to the bathroom when mm -hmm. they come back, they're not going to remember her. So she has to figure out how to live, clearly not being able to, like, get a permanent place to live, um, not being able to make any long-term connections. She kind of does have a few people who she long-term connects with because she co she keeps going back to them, but it's, like, 50 first dates, mm -hmm. like, meeting them for the first time in their mind. Um, yeah. and she finally meets a guy who for some reason the curse doesn't work on him and he remembers her like she walks out of a bookstore 
that he's working at steals a book and he runs after her and is like, what the fuck? You need to pay for that. And she's like, how do you, how did you remember me? <laughs> yeah, very good book. But I, I think that this is a, that's a good read alike, at least if you watch this movie and like it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So they get busy. He grabs a condom. Uh-huh. Very important. She takes a condom and she chucks it to the side. Mm-hmm. And I think this is interesting because it is so obvious and also because his like previous sexual encounter that we saw on mm-hmm. camera is thwarted because there is no condom and yeah. she is like, I'm not in the mood for other stuff, I guess. And that's rarely a girl move, I think. To girls pick up the yeah. condom and throw it across the room. I think yeah. not. Girls tend to be more cautious, so it was, yeah, an immediate flag. But he was fine with it. He just kept He's on like cool. Let's raw dog. Well, yeah. Yep. I've still got this erection. It's got to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it should have been a conversation. Like, yeah. wait, are you on the pill? Um this is cool we can raw dog i was just tested recently but maybe i'm expecting too much but also for the purposes of the <laughs> movie the raw dogging had to happen sure yes of course yeah i think he's probably in a place of he wants to be a little reckless i mean he just yeah. upended his entire life he lost his entire family so yeah we'll, we'll go to italy we'll this hot lady wants to get it on without a condom let's go yeah also, I think that he was drunk. They like, definitely, they had yeah. at least like a glass of wine at dinner that we could see. And then they grabbed a bottle of wine and they drank about half of it before they started passionately making out and she dropped the bottle. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. So he's he's had at least a few glasses of wine at this point. And mm-hmm. his English friends were making fun of him for being a lightweight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the next day, she's gone. From his perspective, she's just gone. But from our perspective, she wakes up and she looks like, what does she look like? Like her flesh is rotting? I got like Nosferatu vibes Mm. from it. Like Mm. kind of sunken, Mm -hmm. shallow, almost like her skin was too tight. Yes, and very Mm. skeletal. Skeletal. Yeah. And then we see her naked and skeletal Mm -hmm. kind of staggering through this alley there's a cat later that cat is found dead sure is (laughs) yeah they're like they're like sweeping the cat dead body with like a broom (laughs) and it takes two guys in reflective vests to do it like they they don't know what to do yeah Yeah. animal and Presumably, this is, like, part of their job in the city, and they're just like, oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think the cat has no head. I'm pretty sure it's, like, a headless oh. body. Yeah, there's a lot of blood. I know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I could not totally see what was what the cat's state was, other than yeah. deceased. <laughs> Mangled and deceased. <laughs> deceased, for sure. <laughs> this apparently is a very small italian village because he goes to a deli and he sees her there and at first (laughs) she's like i don't know who you are 
Have we met? I love this interaction. <laughs> He's like, it's me. It's the guy that you let raw dog you last night. I hated it because I legitimately thought for a second that as part of whatever supernatural thing was going on, she didn't remember him. Yeah, same. But she was just messing with him. And I couldn't tell if like her intention was to mess with him and then let him know it was a joke from the get-go or if she really for a second thought that she was going to just blow him off and pretend not to know him and be done with this yeah i don't know if she changed her mind halfway through yeah so they hang out and this whole movie takes place over a week Mm -hmm. so over a week she or the next thing is they go to her place and she starts cooking him dinner and she has to run off to the bathroom and we see her turning into a werewolf creature yeah grabbing the syringe desperately like trying to inject herself with it next thing we see her kind of passed out in the tub and the tub is covered in blood which at first i thought was her blood but then i thought she like opened the window and grabbed some birds and ate them i told you oh I took it as like she was ripping the transformative flesh like off yeah. of herself. Oh, okay. you know, because she like grabs, like she shed like, her a, skin. Yeah, like a werewolf okay. hair patch and like rips it mm-hmm. off. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So she went from like having to go to the bathroom and he checked the suit for her to she had to take a full shower and she's like, "Do you ever just feel like you need to take a shower immediately?" Which to me, like that would signal like. You just took a huge dump that (laughs) made you like you were fighting for your life in that bathroom, and you need to be baptized and born after it. She probably would prefer that, and he make that interpretation. Yes, (laughs) true. But he's like, yeah, I think that's just a girl thing, and she's like, oh yeah, a girl thing. (laughs) which later she drags him for having one outfit and he's like i came here with like a backpack so (laughs) yeah so i don't do they hook up again that night or are they just like snugsing uh if they hook up we don't see it there's definitely some snuggling on the couch i believe there's some there's one time for sure that they don't hook up and they're just snuggling on the couch and that is after she has to she does the occult sacrifice <laughs> yeah right? trying to uh reverse the transformation and he comes to her house and she's just lying on the couch looking very sickly and he's like I- i'm gonna i heard this is what you do when a girl is sick because he's very young he's in his 20s he dropped out of college yeah. to take care of his mom yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. he puts a pillow behind her head in the blanket and he's like what do you want to watch and they're just snuggling and it's very cute mm-hmm. yeah, it is and her her pet rabbits are gone and he's like oh what happened to your pets she's like i don't want to talk about it yeah which is <laughs> suspicious uh, <laughs> yeah um at some point he sees a discarded syringe in her bathroom and mm-hmm. asks her over dinner if he's like i don't i'm not judging i don't want to pry but i just want to know like and she interrupts and says it's not drugs i have a medical condition that comes and goes and everything's fine mm-hmm. yeah and he kind of then dodges some questions that she has for him mm-hmm. about his family mm-hmm. 
and it really makes her mad mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that he's like seemingly he sh- she's interpreting the situation that he just wants to like fuck the hot girl on vacation and like not take her seriously which is like kind of funny that she's taking that so personally um considering that's pretty much what what her goal was yeah <laughs> give me but that I think that, so i can yeah not turn it it speaks to i guess how different that this relationship has ended up being for her mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um so she's she... very upset that he tries to have someone take a picture of the two of them because mm-hmm. she says that he just mm-hmm. wants to move a near picture of the hot italian girl he hooked up with yeah yeah so she leaves the restaurant runs down to like a beach mm-hmm. and he follows her and she's like it i liked this argument scene because it did feel even even though she's like a transforming beast and like <laughs> whatnot it felt like a very real early relationship like kind of argument mm-hmm. and uh he ends up telling her the situation with his family yeah and um like we don't know at this point but that is something that she can relate to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it is interesting because they don't have to have this this argument like this is a girl you met on vacation Mm -hmm. like you all can hook up and go your separate ways but i you can definitely see that they are a little bit more invested than they expected to be. Mm-hmm. It's cute. So they are clearly dating. He refers to her as his girlfriend. And at one point he comes over and thinks that they're just going to have a regular date. And she breaks up with him. And mm-hmm. he handles this breakup so beautifully, yeah. I thought. Because he he does later get angry and punch a wall, but mm-hmm. before that he's he says I understand that this is happening really fast and it got intense really quick and if you need space I understand but I feel a certain way about you and if you feel a certain way about me then like I want to work it out but if it's just that you don't feel that way for me then I will wish you the best life ever i just like don't want to walk out of here and not come back if it's something that we can talk about yeah and she says nothing and just kind of opens the door and he's like well fuck (laughs) that's when he walks out and then he punches the wall injuring the same hand that had been injured from him punching the aggro douche earlier what a dummy Mm -hmm. so then the next day he is at the farm and he's telling Angelo that he's gonna leave and he's like what is it and he's like huh woman trouble and Angelo sees his like fucked up hand and he's like disgusted and he's like no no Angelo I hit a wall I didn't hit a woman and he's like I don't really want any part of this he goes like stupid though yeah (laughs) the Mm -hmm. then like some police come up and uh and Evan's oh my like, god this was so funny i was like what what's going on he's like oh immigration and he's like should i be worried and angelo is like see yeah and he's like should i run and he's like see yeah 
<laughs> he fucks off running and he's like, okay, so now I don't have a job. I don't have a girlfriend. And my hand is injured. So I'm exactly where I started. Yeah, no place to live. And then he goes and gets drunk at a like little sort of deli counter. Yeah, it didn't look like a real bar. Yeah. And he's talking about the situation and presumably the guy like doesn't speak English and he's just Mm -hmm. nonplussed. He ends up back at Louise's place. Mm -hmm. He goes to I guess sort it out. Wait, there there was a a scene that maybe we missed. Okay, well, when did when did she encounter the kind of douchey American? That was after the breakup or before the breakup. Hmm. It precipitated the breakup. Yeah, they he's standing with her at like a railing, I think, looking over at the beach, and then at the beach are these two Americans. Mm-hmm. One of whom is like just being a real American, <laughs> real classic American, yeah, <laughs> really obnoxious. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know if this is after or before the breakup happens, but she's like staggering down this alleyway, mm-hmm. and I, I don't remember what she's transforming into at this point. I think a precursor of the tentacle monster we see later. Is it okay? um he's like yeah uh what's up you okay uh how much could i pay you to you know suck Suck my my dick dick. yeah (laughs) Yeah. and And... he is clearly in distress i was so like full body cringe when he sees this woman in an alley clearly Mm -hmm. and he looks behind him to see if the coast is clear yeah 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 i wish this would happen to every man who tries to take advantage of a woman like that Mm mm-hmm yeah so he's like approaching her and i think he like maybe touches her on the shoulder and she turns around and she's you know transformed oh no it's worse than that he pulls his dick out and he lifts up her coat because we see her underwear oh and there's like a tentacle or claw thing behind Uh him and she turns and then we see her face is transformed and Mm -hmm. presume that the tentacle claw rips off his dick right because then we see his body draped over a boulder at the beach and it's the the crotch has been obliterated Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10 no notes (laughs) yeah loved that (laughs) iconic feminist icon (laughs) so yeah i think that it's after this i think that happens during the breakup Mm -hmm. and then she's so she, her concern is she doesn't want to accidentally hurt yeah. Evan. Yeah. Who wouldn't necessarily deserve it. I'm so sorry that we're forgetting the timeline. This movie takes place in like very few locations. So things sort of blend together. Yeah. Uh, but we're we're back to where he comes back to her place for reasons that I don't remember. <laughs> and there is someone else describe it. <laughs> He's like knocking on the door and the door is like a little bit maybe ajar and he hears like a ruckus inside, Mm -hmm. like things breaking and crashing and he's like calling for her. He's clearly like (laughs) worried for her safety. And so he like shoulders his way through the door 
to see absolute mayhem on the floor of her small apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, things are tossed everywhere. Things are destroyed. And laying in the middle of the floor is a tentacle woman. <laughs> yeah, he handles that part really well. Yeah, he handles it shockingly well. He's like, oh shit. And she's she has a humanoid face. Uh-huh. I wouldn't necessarily like it's recognize her. her in the features because it looks kind of like a giant squid with a woman's face on it. But the tentacles are like flying around and you can tell that she's reaching for the syringe. Mm-hmm. And based on the context of what he knew about mm-hmm. her having the syringes before and it having to do with the medical, he springs into fucking action and knows exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. He like goes and grabs the syringe and he's trying to like inject her with it but one mm-hmm. of her tentacles like fucking slaps him away and she yeah. she's, she's not in her right mind no but she <laughs> no. she gets the syringe and she uses it and he's like fucking like cowering against the stairway and, like yeah. hyperventilating and she's sort of slowly coming back to herself and like ripping off the extra mm. flesh and looking really fucking Slimy. grained <laughs> and slimy and she's like could you could you close the door (laughs) (laughs) next thing i think that she's cleaned up by then and they're sitting at her kitchen table yeah Yeah. and neither of them are saying anything and (laughs) she says are you scared of me and he looks at her and he's like yeah (laughs) (laughs) because it was like so realistic compared to fucking Bella and Twilight. Like, no, I'm not afraid of an ancient blood sucking. This is the skin of a killer, Bella. (laughs) No. So I also uh, I kept thinking, was he able to react that way because he took care of his mom? Because he did just spring into action. I think that that was part of it i think that once he realized that this was probably her he saw this as a medical episode and he needed to address Mm -hmm. the emergency first Mm -hmm. and then get the context later Mm -hmm. yeah i liked that so she starts explaining things to him and there's a point at which he gets overwhelmed and leaves the apartment he gets overwhelmed and leaves yeah he gets overwhelmed and leaves the apartment and she ends up kind of like trailing after him through the streets and like trying to continue to explain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now i don't know that i can do justice to explaining what she's explaining (laughs) do either of you think you can address it i think i can deanna do you think you can i i mean okay do you want to go I I can try. I mean, she, well, okay. She, she does it. Yes. Yes. She's almost uh, scientific about it Mm -hmm. and explaining that her body will regenerate every 20 years or so. It goes through this transformation and she's essentially a new person Mm -hmm. after it. She explains that, um, part of their first encounter where she threw away the condom was that that pure how does she describe it the pure human uh injection something like that from 
his dick to her body. (laughs) Yeah, that's called sex, Deanna. Yes. (laughs) You sound like Mitt Romney describing a part. Basically, she needs human DNA. Yeah. Yes. And so that's with these raw dogged hookups every 20 or so years. That's how she gets Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Which, and this is where I get kind of caught on it because she's going to transform at some point. So is this just delaying the inevitable because she's happy in her current life and doesn't want to give that up yet? Because I, like I noticed she's a genetic scientist. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. But if you come back a new person, do you have to start over with your education? Even though you already know that information, I imagine if you're applying for a job, they would like to see some credentials. Okay, I'm going to back up and come back to this. So she says that this has been going on for 2,000 years, but she has learned a lot more about the condition in the last 20 or so years. Mm -hmm. So that's fascinating to me because that suggests that for 2,000 years or so, she was kind of in the dark about why this was happening and could just piece together what was happening. Mm-hmm. so yeah that because you know she was turning into all these monsters so clearly you know that's a thing that doesn't always happen to it also like makes that. me wonder because she talked later on about never having fallen in love before i think she would have been seen as a monster obviously and she would have been something to hunt down you know i'm thinking about like the villagers and their pitchforks going Mm -hmm. to track down this monster woman Mm -hmm. so I wonder how much she had actually been in the world of people up until this point where she could kind of mitigate the issue with her medications and just knew more about it she says when when she's approaching that 20 year mark when she's gonna like regenerate that's when she starts getting these transformations that she has to deal with and she's using the medication to try to control them, which implies that she's not always dealing with this throughout the 20 years. Yeah. Um, Just more towards the the end there and that it hasn't been able to be controlled in the past. But she mentions how difficult it is to like have to will property to herself. And Mm -hmm. um, this new version of herself uh, is like 50% whichever guy that she has hooked up with and 50% her, the amalgam that she is. And she gets to retain her memories. Um, We know that she's in the world of people enough that she's been documented through these different types of art. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So is she, does she regenerate like as an adult? That was what I was going to ask. I think so. I think so too. I think that she's kind of ageless. Yeah. Okay. Like she is always at 22 or however old she's supposed to be. Okay. And then, so she needs to get pregnant every 20 years. And then her body uses the fetus's cells. Mm -hmm. Except I think technically this early in a pregnancy, it would still be an embryo, but she, she Mm -hmm. uses embryonic cells to regenerate herself. But in the process of regenerating, she becomes all these primordial beasts from humanity's genetic past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
you know, wibbly wobbly, were we werewolves at some point? <laughs> I don't think so, but that, that's her <laughs> of it. And she says that she is still human. Um, and he he's freaking out as I think the thing that freaked him out the most was finding out that she was pregnant and he yeah. made- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as a sperm donor. And, yeah. So they've made it to like a, the main town square yeah. at this point. And he's like, I just mm-hmm. need like a fucking minute here. Yeah. And he like runs over to the payphone and calls his fuck up friend Tommy and is like, dude, I don't know what's going on. I like hooked up with this girl and I think she was trying to get pregnant so she could like give birth to herself. Yeah. I don't know what I should do. You might be a monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, you just smoked a bowl. Like, like right before I called, right before you picked up. Okay, I'll I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Which is kind of like for me, it was a reminder that like this normalcy that he was trying to preserve, like was it really that great for him? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah. what isn't he enjoying le- leaning into this weirdness more? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he looks across the square and he sees Angelo, who's like at a shrine basically honoring his dead wife and so he's reminded yeah. of this like long-lasting love and how rare that can be mm-hmm. and he's like fuck it i better go to the octopus lady <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she tells him that it's she's got a few days at best mm-hmm. or like a day and they're both on the run. He's on the run from immigration. She's on the run because she killed this American tourist. So they decided they were going to go to Naples and they go on this road trip. And this is my favorite part of the movie because now their relationship is so open and honest. And she's talking mm-hmm. about her experiences over the last 2000 years and places that she's been. And we got hints of that because she speaks all these languages and her mm-hmm. Spotify playlist is in these different languages that he from artists he's never heard of and they go to this church and she says oh i haven't been here since it opened the grand opening yeah Yeah. um at one point during the drive they like i've pulled over maybe to see a view or something but they're like Mm -hmm. making out in the front seat which i also thought was kind of nice that he was like still into her in that way like not repulsed by her yeah and, uh like the cops come up and he's like oh shit <laughs> and she like wipes the steam off of the window <laughs> and like gives a thumbs up and like the cops leave and he was like that was extremely european <laughs> i liked how in the church she starts decomposing yeah yeah her face is like half zombie and he's like hey, did you bring her syringes with you she's like yeah why do i have something he's like yeah you have a little bit of something just to <laughs> do it right now before we go anywhere else <laughs> it was great and, and I there's think, like a yeah there's like a, a tentacle like scorpion up to tail like behind him and yeah. she's like just chatting away so happy to like be able to share her life and experiences mm-hmm. with somebody <laughs> them <laughs> notice a scorpion tail that is about to impale his neck yeah, <laughs> yeah. sever his spinal cord he does handle it so sweetly he's like, oh no don't get up just do it right <laughs> <laughs> and then a woman who is praying in 
a pew closer to the front it's like mm-hmm. just saw a zombie doing heroin <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at this point she's like explained the situation uh with her genetics and she's like oh let me go show you my family mm-hmm. and this is a nice parallel to when he talked about his family history. Mm-hmm. So they're at the ruins of Pompeii, I believe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she she shows the like the casts that have been made by the spaces in the rock where her family had been during the eruption. Yeah. Um, which she escaped because of her condition. Um and then she inherited from her mother right she reveals that she inherited that from her mother and that and and so her evan's like well then why didn't she you know also survive and that's when we get the understanding that once she found once her mother found a a mate that she bonded with and like connected with Mm -hmm. she actually then became pregnant instead of like giving birth to herself Mm-hmm. and yeah. the transformations stopped at that point so her life became finite mm-hmm. and so evan has all these questions about like well how does this like apply to you and us and what does this mean and she's like you know i i don't love you right um you know i this was a means to an end and like what i'm gonna give up eternity for you mm-hmm. and i'm gonna stop living this life that i've been leading for two thousand years they had that conversation before pompeii so this has been a conversation throughout this road trip okay and she says that her working theory is that oxytocin stops the cycle because Mm -hmm. her mother fell in love and had her so she doesn't think that she's in love I think she knows that she might be, but maybe she doesn't want to get her hopes up. Yeah. Maybe yeah, she I'm, doesn't want... Go ahead. I, I mean, I think love is scarier than any monster because you can get hurt. Yeah. Like, sure, she goes through these tram- transformations. She has to start over, but I mean... She isn't vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. She's not vulnerable to anything because she, I mean, she she survived being buried in hot lava. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like how she says, well, my body was designed to give birth, so the lava wasn't (laughs) that big of a deal. Yeah. She, I think that it's also, she doesn't want to put a ticking clock on her life for someone who might not stick around. Because mm-hmm. she's afraid of the finite, not just in her life, but the finite in a relationship, too. Like, imagine mm-hmm. giving all that up for someone, and then, like, he goes and fucks some Italian broad who actually <laughs> is in her 20s and not 2,000 years old. Yeah. hmm So. Yeah. And then they talk about potentially him staying with her post-transformation. Mm-hmm. And how that could become difficult because obviously he will continue aging and this new version of her will look like him, like a relative of his, will have 50% of his DNA. 
um, and she'll be looking 20. And so that kind of crosses that option off of the list for them. I don't think it does. Please refer to our earlier discussion of Nicolas Cage. (laughs) It wouldn't be that weird for a guy to date someone significantly younger. I'm I'm not saying that like everyone would come to that the conclusion that it's not an option, but they ended up coming to the conclusion that that wasn't an option. Sure, and that's probably best. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and if the key to ending her transformation is love then why stay together just to bone until you're done? Mm -hmm. Like if that's all that you're invested in this, this situation for, you can get that somewhere else. So what's the point of staying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she tells him that when the final transformation happens, she's going to be the biggest, scariest, sharpest monster of all. And he says, so what should I do then? And she tells him run. (laughs) and they are just cuddling in Pompeii she has her head in his lap and she asks him to tell her about the finite and these examples were pretty lame and cliche and he (laughs) couldn't come up with better but he was on the spot he talks about sunsets and pizza and shit yeah he's also like 24 right (laughs) (laughs) but then there is smoke coming from the volcano in the background and he looks around at it and the sun has come up and she said that the transformation would happen at sunrise and you can kind of hear her struggling while this is going on like Mm -hmm. you hear things that suggest she is transforming in his lap Mm -hmm. and he seems kind of scared to look down like this is it this is the end and he had told her i'm gonna miss you so much and Her hands had been looking very aged and weathered, and then we see her hands looking young. And then she looks up at him and smiles, and we realize that she has fallen in love with him, and (laughs) the cycle has ended, and now they're going to have a baby together and probably have to, like, come up with new identities because they're both on the run and she's, like, technically a legal person. Mm -hmm. Or, like, I guess she could continue her career, but, you know, they have to not be in Italy Mm -hmm. I think that's cool though that they're both like kind of morally gray yeah I think that makes it so that they're on more of an even footing in a sense Mm -hmm. and then there's some people who interpret the ending as oh they're about to die because of the volcano but Deanna shaking her head no absolutely not it's not gonna go off and that they are going to have hopefully a long life together Yeah. yeah That's what volcanoes do. They sputter. I didn't interpret that they were about to die. It didn't even occur to me. I think that if you get that, you're probably like pretty dark and depressed. (laughs) (laughs) And you probably don't know much about volcanoes. Like they do that. That's just what they do. Yeah. (laughs) I think this was a great movie. I loved it. Yay! I'm glad you all liked it. I would watch it again. Yeah, I would too. I'm actually thinking of watching it again because there are so many details that I want to pick back up on. So I want mm-hmm. to ask you both because I always ask you this, Deanna, when we watch a horror movie, what does it mean? What does it mean? Yeah, as what a does horror? it mean? 
what are the themes that it's looking at? What are we trying to get out of it? Because we didn't talk about kind of the conversations between science and faith they were mm-hmm. having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think the science, and I, I did love how they approached it. It was, it didn't feel supernatural in any way. She approached it from a very scientific angle and, and maybe that's something specific to the time that they were living in that she could look at it that way versus a thousand years ago, if people had witnessed her being this way, they, they would come with the pitchforks. But I, the thing that worries me about the two of them is it's almost like watching him fall for a rebound because he just lost his mother. Like he's dealing with grief. He's been in a state of grief probably since his father died and his mom immediately got sick. Mm-hmm. And it just, it worries me that he replaced those relationships with a new one right away. Mm-hmm. So I would like to not see what happens to them after the fact. And this is a completely new life for her. She's had 2000 years of just being her own person. So I don't know what it looks like for her to suddenly be in a relationship. Relationships suck. They're scary. In a relationship and becoming a mother. Mm-hmm. And a human. And a human all mm-hmm. at once. Mm-hmm. Meg, what do you think about their future? Um, I'm actually not as worried about it as Deanna is. But I, um, I think that he, he had good family relationships he had good relationships with his parents you know they were gonna travel to Italy together and he you know was able to care for his mother until her death and like I don't think that there's anything wrong with him wanting to create another family for himself Mm -hmm. and with her he asks her at one point like then why why did you continue to see me if like if all you needed was my DNA and you there can't be anything else she and she talks about like just how easy it was to be with him mm-hmm. so that makes me less worried about like yeah. her adjusting and that since they're both leaving different lives behind mm-hmm. I think that helps too with like them creating something new that will work for both of them mm-hmm. yeah um I'm not saying I think it's easy to be like <laughs> in your early 20s, like you've known each other a week and now you're together forever and you're having a baby. Like, I'm not saying that yeah. without its its yeah. troubles, but also she's fucking loaded. She's got a ton of money and property and that doesn't hurt. <laughs> that does not hurt. <laughs> so what do you say? to some of the criticisms that this is basically like an amazing woman falls for a schlubby guy and then like she has to give up everything for a family for a man and for a baby because there's definitely some people who see it as that and earlier you were saying like she you might see her not falling in love not being able to fall in love as monstrous and might see that metaphor mm-hmm. but like what keeps this not being like a taming of the shrew kind of thing i think she doesn't enjoy the monstrous transformations they suck 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know that he's a schlubby guy. I, yeah, I think the, the term was unremarkable, but he really hasn't had that opportunity. He kind of, he also gave up his chance. He was in college and his dad had this sudden heart attack and then he stayed home to take care of his sick mother. So he's, he's been kind of stalled in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now he's got this, this hot sugar mama who can maybe help him get back on track. I think he has potential. And I think the most remarkable thing about him is him walking into that scene in her apartment where she is betentacled on the floor <laughs> and he doesn't, I mean, it scares him, but he's not. He doesn't just ditch her. <laughs> he doesn't no. just run the other way. No, he, he springs into action. He wants to help her and he's still fascinated by her. I definitely understand that critical interpretation. Like I see, I can see that when I watch the movie, Mm -hmm. but based on the, if we're not just like looking at the descriptions of the characters and we're looking at the things that they say and how they act toward each other, it doesn't feel like a loss for her necessarily it feels more like after 2000 years and having all of these experiences she's now experiencing something that she hasn't been able to until now Mm -hmm. yeah definitely there is novelty to this experience i would probably appeal to her as someone who has traveled the world and Mm -hmm. had all these different identities yeah we do a quick tarot reading for them please hey this is the Tarot Botticelli. That seems appropriate. Mm-hmm. So it's all Botticelli-inspired art, and it's got this gold leaf detail throughout that is very pretty. So what do we want to look at? Do we want to look at just her pregnancy? Do we want to do next five years? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about their future. So I'll pull a card for just this early transition period, like while she's pregnant, one for them five years from now and one for them in old age. Cool. I dig it. Okay. Okay. You know, I guess it is kind of interesting too that she's been transforming for 2000 years. Pregnancy is still a transformation of the body. So she's uniquely equipped for this. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> gonna be a, a cake. Yeah, she'll be fine. <laughs> okay, Deanna, left, yes. middle, or right? Left. Okay. All right. So for the next nine months, we have the Nine of Pentacles. The Nine of Pentacles is someone who is enjoying the fruits of their labor, mm-hmm. who is comfortable in leisure who is at one with their environment and an environment that they have very much curated for themselves. Mm -hmm. So to me, that suggests that now she gets to put down some roots and she has foundations there that she hasn't been able to fully take advantage of Mm -hmm. because she constantly needs to start over and get new federal ID numbers and go somewhere else. and, And now she gets to kind of enjoy all the work that she's done 
mm-hmm. over the past 2,000 years. And with Evan, she'll be able to... I, I think that they both enjoy that leisurely aesthetic life, just like keep things simple, have fun, go places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to have a very cozy beginning of their relationship. Now, next five years, we have the Two of Swords, and in the Botticelli deck, it is two men fighting. In the Rider Waite Smith deck, it is someone who is blindfolded and is holding two swords mm-hmm. at a cross. So that's more, I'm not going to decide, I can't decide, I'm just defenses up hear no evil see no evil talk no evil i think that at that point in their relationship there's going to be conflict and growing mm-hmm. maybe some stonewalling maybe some resentment coming up mm-hmm. then in their old age i pulled the seven of swords so the seven of swords let me double check Because it's always a little hard for me when the imagery of the card doesn't immediately suggest what I'm used to interpreting. Okay, yeah. The Seven of Swords is a man who is stealing some swords while leaving two behind. So it's supposed to be about deception, Uh around, and stealth. I'm going to try to find a positive interpretation of this. (laughs) Because... In love readings, that usually suggests sneaking around, uh, yeah. side piece, lying about something. Well, I guess that if their child ends up being a daughter who inherits this ability, yeah, they could be having to do some subterfuge to make sure that she stays safe. You're right. You're going to have to That's... teach her how mm-hmm. to yeah. lie and deceive to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is. That's a really good interpretation, Meg. That's much more positive than like, they're yeah. eight years old and he be cheating. <laughs> yeah, that's better. I like that. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Thanks for the recommendation, Deanna. It was yes, good. I love this movie. I'm glad that you all enjoyed this. Yeah, it was fun. I I watched it several years ago and then kind of forgot about it. So I'm glad that I could reintroduce it. It was fun. Fun to go back and rewatch. It is a perfect pick for if you only want like a mild scare, if you're good with body horror, and if you want an actual happily ever after ending. Which yeah. I had never seen a horror movie with one. So thanks for being here, Deanna. Thanks for having me. We will have all our links in the show notes and we will put Deanna's past appearances in the show notes as well. We have recapped Midsommar with her and The Love Witch and possibly something else. And neither of those had an HEA. So <laughs> be warned. Fair. Until next time, air kisses. Yeah. Mm-hmm.